It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Am I ready for the end of the world? Dude. Okay, be real with me. Did you get emotional at all during this? Putting yourself in nope. that hypothetical situation. The first, the first time I watched it, I was just shocked. Just could not believe what I was watching. At what part were you shocked? Like almost immediately? Just from the first White House visit on. Yeah, yeah. Well, jumping into the film, did you know what it was about? No. Oh, so you didn't even read a synopsis of any sort? Nope, nope. I saw their teaser trailer like maybe eight months ago. And all it was was... Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio in the back of the airplane as the thing comes down. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it's just like, don't look up. And I was like, I have no idea what this is about. It confused me. I didn't know if it was going to be a comedy because... Well, it's Adam McKay. Adam McKay. That's the part that I was like, okay, it's going to be. But like when you first see it, it's Leonardo DiCaprio who doesn't just willy-nilly do a comedy, right? But this is more of a complex genre it's, than just it's a, comedy. It's a, it's a satire on the contemporary political environment it's a social issue drama dude and it's also like, a um, comedy yeah i think it's kind of like uh dr strange love it's like how that one took like a pretty serious look about like what was really happening during the cold war and yeah. like made it funny and kind of like unbelievable this movie's doing the exact same thing yeah or even more similarly adam mckay had before this did vice with yes. christian bale which is you know yeah but vice is a like a historical piece Kind yeah, of, but no. still made it funny because it's uh, they're making fun of Dick Cheney, dude, yeah, he's and a George person. Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and like, I was surprised to see Adam McKay direct films like that because I'm used to Adam McKay doing Talladega Nights or Anchorman and yeah. like really teaming up with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. But for him to, it takes some balls and it takes some like comedic intellect to tackle this kind. And he wrote this. Before COVID existed. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, this was supposed to be about climate change. Yeah. But like, weirdly enough, when they started shooting this, COVID, it was during COVID. And it's just crazy how analogous COVID is to the entire plot of this movie. It, it's, it's, does art reflect reality or does reality reflect art? Dude, right? Uh, and honestly, guys, I would like to apologize to the baddies. We were going to do this episode about three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, when this movie was new and hot and fresh, but I got sick and then Christian replaced me for a brief moment and then I came back. Yeah. It was a really violent coup, um, but that's not <laughs> oh, anything we need to get into. Um, you calling it a coup? So uh, here we are. Um, welcome, welcome. Yes, welcome. welcome to another episode of ICBTB Podcast. Also known as It Can't Be That Bad. My name is... Alejandro. And my name is Christian. And we are your hosts for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Depending on how we feel. Discussing about the finer points of the uh, cinematic masterpiece of Don't Don't Look Look Up. Up. Uh, If it is your first time joining us, guys, this is the podcast where uh, we rate and review and defend films, no matter how bad they are. This movie's not bad. Um, No. I think it gets some bad ratings because it is very out there they are definitely making a point to say something i mean it's divisive because it's they're not being subtle about what side of the political spectrum that they're taking there is little to no subtlety in this entire movie no they're there it's even though it's a satire it's pretty real more like a salt tire <laughs> that's an extra I, I told you I was going to do my drum fills way more extra, dude. Did you tell me that? <laughs> a few episodes ago. Oh, okay, <laughs> Caught you by last year. Um, um, well, why don't we just jump into it? Because this yeah. movie is so crazy to talk about. Like, I, I don't feel like it's going to be too much of a recap of more of like a what does this movie make us feel? Because this movie had me feeling all types of ways. All sorts of emotions. I've seen this. You've seen this three times. About. I've seen this twice. I watched it before. Yes. Uh, I watched it last night, and I well half of it because it's a pretty lengthy film. Doesn't feel like it. Um, and I watched the rest today. And on the second watch, I thought I could. I thought it would be an easier watch. No, but it's it's a different watch. I I'm honestly cried, and mm. I know that sounds like ridiculous. I mean, 
No. It just makes me think of a whole lot of other stuff. Putting yourself in the shoes of these individuals in this kind of plot, like if the world were to end. I will say the the one of the few times or one of the second or third times that I watched it, I did think about it. Like, well, like what would you do? And honestly, they do the best thing. Have dinner with your closest friends and your family and Ugh. just kind of like let it let it go. Yeah. At this point, I'm pretty sure like whoever's listening to this has already seen the film. So uh, we don't have to worry what about what we spoilers. assume for every episode. Yeah. And like if you watch if you read the synopsis, you probably if you read the synopsis of the movie on Netflix, you already know what it's about. Or don't read the synopsis. Just see, just jump see in. that we did an episode on this movie. Go watch it and just go in with an open virgin mind like I did. Open virgin mind. Yeah, like he he did. I'm just fascinated by the choice of words. Very articulate. <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster, you bitch. What the fuck, dude? Man, maybe I wasn't being sarcastic and I was actually appreciative of your word choice, you um, bitch. This movie has five Academy Award winners. With an accumulative, I think, 41 Oscar nominations. Not a surprise at all. I mean, even like yes. the throwaway rules are by like Ron Perlman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, Chris Evans, A-listers. Chris Evans. Oh, gosh, dude. I think altogether this cast, the main cast alone has eight Oscar wins. And that's not even including like their Emmy nominations and wins and all that stuff for other shit. I can think of one, two, three, four, four for sure that have won. Yeah. Yeah. Leo finally got his. I'm pretty Leo, sure. Leo, Merrill, Jennifer Jonah. Lawrence. Jonah, Jonah won, didn't right? win. Oh, he was just he nominated. He was just nominated. For Wolf Wall Street, was it? Moneyball. Moneyball. Mm. <laughs> just rewatch Wolf of Wall Street. Still impeccable. Still, still great. Such an incredible good, movie. good, dude. Um, not Martin Scorsese's best, but it's up there. But it's up there. Uh, would you like to rate? Would you like me to rate you? Or rate the film? Rate the film right in front of you? I rate the film right in front of me, boy. All right. It had a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Dope. That's good. It That's pretty good. Fifty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not dope, dude. And it had a forty nine percent on Metacritic. Not dope either. And the Google users, would you like to guess? Oh, dude, this one's tough. Uh, wow. Because in the the the, the state that the world is in, and whoever, because wa- I'm already talking to some people that said like, Nah, dude, this I hate movies that are that deal with like social issues and like they're trying to make a satire of it. And I'm like, Fuck out of here, dude. Well, that's movie. every movie, you bitch. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll, then we'll go watch. Yeah, don't go- watch any Marvel movie, then you motherfucker. Yeah, you piece of shit. I hate that person. I've I never hate met him. them, but I, I hate, hate them. Him. I hope they're listening. Uh, and if you are listening, keep listening. I don't mean to offend you personally, but I just don't agree with you. And I do mean to offend you personally, so keep listening to find out when I get to. To you, bitch. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I forgot the rest of my line. Thank you. Eighty-seven <laughs> percent. Oh, I don't know. That's I'm like eighty-three. What is it? Eighty-two percent. Whoa, shit. Because I, bro. Because personally, like, I would think that this would get a ninety-one percent, but because of the issues that it uh, is I, narrating, because of on. the polarization of it. Yeah. 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 I think people are voting no or thumbs down on it without ever seeing the movie because, and even people who might think that they agree with the movie will watch it and then be like, "I don't. This isn't what I'm thinking at all." Like yeah. it's when you make a movie this charged, this politically charged, you really gotta hope that the majority of the people are, are you know, are with you. Yeah. And then yeah. to do it in a comedic way, it, believe me, it's not easy to make uh, political jokes, man. No, dude. And like, but- everyone always, everyone always says it's like, oh, I bet it's real easy to make jokes in the in the Bush era. Or I bet it's real easy to make jokes when Trump was president. It's like, no, actually, jokes are always really hard to make because mm-hmm. everybody fucking sucks. Yep. Yes. Especially with something like this. All good jokes hold some Hurt truth, people. man. Yeah. Uh, yes. I will say. All good jokes, like to to a certain extent, can every, every joke does offend somebody, and like you just kind of have to take your blows. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we're making fun of you, South African Jamaican men. <laughs> very, very specific. Yeah, very specific. Synapses coming at you, right at you. Uh, this is again one of our longest synapses, so bear with me. Buckle in. Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Oh, shit. It's really that short? It's one sentence. Wow. Okay. They saved the rest for the movie. I mean, I didn't even know that, but even hearing that, there's so much more to this movie than- That sounds stressful already. And like, uh, I like how they tied in the title of the movie at the end without having to shoehorn it in like other movies. Yeah. They do a good job of- they, They do a really good job of making it very- 
contemporary this film yes. and like the the emotions and the feelings and the draw of the excitement of you know m- mob mentality mm-hmm. is very clearly played out in this film multiple times yeah. in every sense of the word mob mentality and you know riots for what they believe is right when they find out that you know the rich people have a spaceship yeah. riots <laughs> in the way of when they find out that they've been lied to by the politicians so they start rioting and throwing shit yeah uh, and then also to just like the complete destruction of you know humankind when we figure out that it's that's it we're yeah. done um with adam mckay he is very well known for having a long leash to let his actors on his film improvise and so uh, apparently meryl streep was like also a great improviser in this film along with jonah hill i've and i heard after a little bit of pushing timothy chalamet killed it on his improv he yeah yeah, yeah, because he seems like uh, a more of a grounded actor, right? I will say, I do not think we needed the. Tip. I'm, I'm, he's my least favorite character in the film. Mm, oh, do you think he was unnecessary? I, I think he was unnecessary. I also, and I love you, Timothy Chalamet. Not that you're listening, uh, and I also love you, Kate Blanchett. But I don't think his storyline and then the affair storyline. Um, needed to be in this film. I think they just wanted to put everything that is somewhat taboo no, I all think, in this. I mean, I wouldn't say it was absolutely necessary, but I think um, in opposition, I think it it helps because Timothy Chalamet's character, I think his point was to show the uh, the dichotomy of this whole thing being backed by science because he was raised evangelical. And so there was yeah, some. Yeah, but he like, was for it though. He was like, "Yeah, dude, let's kill everybody. I hate everybody. This planet sucks." At the end, I, I, I think that uh, he was placed there for that kind of contrast, right? Sure. Like there, there was some like weight with his character leading the prayer at the very end. I will say that, that what we what we find at the dinner table mm-hmm. at the end of the film is everybody's honest, true self. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, even Doctor Oglethorpe says he's like, "I'm going to be honest because at this point, why not?" Yeah. Um. That is truly the only time that we really see all these people for who they truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think they kind of go back to what they know and and what they feel. But everyone who's at that table exhibits different characteristics throughout the film. And then it's at this final meal when they kind of come to terms with what's happening. Um, and then it's done in slow motion. I mean, the the, the oh end gosh. of the world is is... And I know we're just going right to the end of it, but when when they finally get hit with, you know, the the comet tidal wave of comet destruction, uh, it's beautifully done. It's done in an incredibly artistic, smart, thought provoking way, you yeah. know, and yeah. and this whole film is very thought provoking in its own way. Um, if you can get past the crassness and the straight finger pointing well, and, you know, it's a challenge. It's it's a it's a. It's walking the tightrope, balancing humor and sending a message, right? Which is why I think this film is pretty masterful, right? I, I think not only is it masterful in that sense, but it's also masterful in the sense of character work. Absolutely. I think Jonah Hill's character is one of the best characters he's ever done because everybody hates every second of the of the film that he's on. Yeah. And that's not who Jonah Hill is. Like he made that character it's very Christine. specific, very and a lot good. of it is improvised because, like, especially the weird characteristic that he puts into his character of like being weirdly attracted to his mother. He says, "Like, I can't think of any other president that I'd rather see in Playboy." Well, or, and, like he, yeah. he says, "Like, man, uh, look at this smoke show. If she wasn't my mother, I tell you, like, like, it's when, like, it's." But that's a direct reference to Donald Trump when, yeah, he said Ivanka exactly. if, if Ivanka wasn't his daughter. He said he was trying to his best to embody Fire Festival. The fire festival in a person, and and he he did a great job. Yeah, like he he does such a nepotism incarnate character. Yeah, that from the first second he's on the screen, uh, Karen. When I was watching it with her, Karen was like, "I I hate Jonah Hill." Of course, I hate Jonah Hill. I was like, "Well, like let's just hate the character he's playing because this isn't who he really well, is." Well, I think whenever people say they hate someone, if it's not cringe. Uh, then they're doing a good job. Like every antagonist, you need to feel some sort of like emotional tension. Have you seen Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List? Ugh, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> right? Doing a good job. Incredible. Incredible, dude. And so, um, uh, apparently the editor here, since this was so heavily improvised because it's an Adam McKay film, the editor was, uh, when putting it together, said he couldn't put the funniest uh, edits together, the funniest takes from like their ad-libbing together because... There is that balance of mm. 
people still need to somewhat take this too seriously. If the first 30 minutes is just hysterical, how are you going to take the rest of it seriously? For sure. Right? For sure. It can't be as funny as Step Brothers, but as poignant as, you know, um, an inconvenient truth. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is that a movie? That a- yeah, it was that Al Gore documentary. Remember when oh, he told us when all he's about talking climate, about climate change, change and stuff? And they're just like, "Didn't you guys make money on the oil sampling?" It's like, oh, whatever. Super it's, ironic. Yeah, it's, it's isn't it ironic? But uh, even the way this begins, it's like it's 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 so grounded. Like with uh, with Jennifer Lawrence discovering the comet, and it's not. And like you're like uh, wondering what happens, and it's not until they start making the calculations leonardo dicaprio is using like the something he calls uh, gauss's method which is all like this is all real real stuff yeah gauss's method is a way to track space objects um they were using uh, a good few uh high level astronomers to uh consult on this film to make sure that the science behind it like makes sense yes it's extremely rare for a comet in the vast uh largeness of space to actually hit our planet as ridiculous as this film is it is one of the most realistic things in like some of the jokiest points. One of the yeah. things that I thought was maybe the most real sentences ever said was when Meryl Streep is having their meeting in the White House. And she goes, we have an end of the world meeting like once a month. Mm. Like, I truly believe the president believe has a meeting with somebody once a month who's just like, wow, we're, we're, the fucking Koreans got a faster bomb now. And it's like, OK, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, we're all fucked. Ninety six percent fucked. Yeah. Yep. And. You know, uh, the odds of something actually happening like that are very rare, so so we think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, when you are in charge of the well-being of millions and millions of people, every day you're being told, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Yeah. And then every once in a while you have a COVID or a swine flu mm-hmm. or a Normandy invasion. Yeah. and But I think that this is a... Uh, the, the, the way that they're uh, really making fun of the of the people and the platforms that get in the way of saving the world. For sure. It's like so funny yet so real. Even though Meryl Streep is this um this caricature of, you know, political of, of a mixture of some political figures For sure. uh and some like past presidents, it's uh it's done so well. Past presidents, who could you mean? I don't know, and I don't want to say. Eisenhower. Probably, it's definitely Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Yeah, um, I think um, we can agree on that. I I love the little jokes, the Adam McKay jokes mm-hmm. that you like know, yeah. that are so prominent that you like that either are improv or that it's just like his directorial style that keeps that in the film. Two of them that stand out to me the most is one when the general from the Pentagon. I knew it charges them for snacks he's just like man they charge an arm and a leg for this ten dollars a piece and it was like a you know a bag of crackers and a water yeah and they're like oh i mean let's yeah someone believe yeah sure and then dr elgothorpe is like you got change and he's like nope none at all (laughs) and so he clears 40 bucks from them yeah Uh, and he's and jennifer lawrence can't let it go she's like what a fucking power move yeah she's like because he's gonna know eventually we're gonna find out that they're not yeah, Charged why would snacks. he do that? He's a three-star general at the exactly. Pentagon. Why would he do that? And it's just like, I don't know. The other joke that I love the most that I think about all the time is uh, after they finally admit there's a asteroid coming, mm-hmm. when they're sitting in that little locked room in the White House and Oglethorpe goes, um, you know, one time I met Sting and <laughs> he farted in front of me. He didn't make any eye contact. He, he just didn't say, in front of excuse me? me. And you know what? He pulled it off. He's a very likable guy. Yeah, he still I still found him charming. <laughs> just, uh, you know, I this is how I know a lot of people talking shit about this film don't really have much to talk shit about is that uh, there's a, a good amount of people on the internet talking about how fake Dr. Oglethorpe's wig is. If that's like um, the only thing you could find wrong about this film, then go ahead. Which is weird because nobody's talking about how fake Leonardo DiCaprio's beard is. Oh, the, the big ass beard at the beginning? F- the fucking, the whole beard he has is fake. That's yeah. not a real beard. Oh, like later on, like the f- No, everything, the is, fake. Facial everything hair. is fake. Everything is fake. No, that's, that's, whole that's beard, the... No, sir, that whole beard is fake. What? What? That's the he weird like, thing to scrutinize. Like, the patchiness um, of it? No, he had literal hair extensions like put onto his face and makeup to mm-hmm. make up that to make up that beard. I think it looks pretty good if it's a fake beard. I think it looks great. Yeah. I also think he could grow a beard that looks like that. Um but he didn't <laughs> He's hair and like, makeup put that beard oh, okay. on him. That is a that's a thing. You know he and Jonah Hill lived together during the shooting of this? That's I love that. Because they're they're that close. And it's so funny that like if you were to think about Leonardo DiCaprio, this guy that was in like What's the Titanic. Yes, stuff like that. And then Jonah Hill who started off with like super, super bad. bad. 
them being as good of friends as they are is like such an incredible, you know. I think it's because they get to a point where you're so famous that the only people who understand you are yeah. other famous people. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Leonardo DiCaprio can't date a regular girl who works a nine to five. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he has to only date top of the line supermodels because they're the only ones who understand the stuff that he's Do you remember through. his brief stint with Rihanna? Crazy. They like found pictures of them too, like chilling in a house in uh, like in Hawaii or I like bet on an Leo island. Leo has gotten some of the best strange that you could imagine. Yeah, yeah. Without like being a like a he weird was with Giselle dude about for it. a bunch of years. Giselle Bunchen, Tom Brady's wife. He was Whoa, with her for like what? a long time before she he's got with married. He's not married, right, Leo? No, no. He's a certified bachelor. Wow, good for him. Yeah, he could get off his yacht and stop telling me to waste fossil fuel and shit like that. But <laughs> whatever, Leo. And now Jonah Hill, uh, like we said in Tuesday's episode, looking like a beach bum, uh, stuff looks, like that. Looks, I love his transformation because in his films you don't know what he looks like. No, he's gone through so like you know he was like bigger before, and then like, we're not actually supposed to talk about that. He actually requested that people stop talking about yeah. his body, so we won't. We're There's not like an talk interview. Yeah, it. we won't yeah. comment on it at all. But like uh, for which, him, because we're friends. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna. We want to keep that healthy relationship. I love you, Jonah Hill. In I fact, love I think you, Jonah Hill. You don't Hill. get enough credit for how good of an actor you are. Yeah. Um, set aside for, from your weight. What? This is the end. <laughs> Incredible job. Incredible that's job an impeccable job. That is. Uh, that's not acting. That's you. Uh, um, it's so funny. Do what? Let's ask the question that everybody's gonna be wondering. What? What would you do if you knew the world was ending in a week? You know, I want to say I'm. I would do exactly what they did at the end of this film and like be with my loved ones around a dinner table and just try to appreciate what I have there. But I don't, I can't speak for how I will react knowing that in like a few seconds. Am I going to be screaming and I'm, am I just going to be like in tears? Like, like there, this, this ending, and we're going to be talking about this ending a lot because it's so powerful without much being said and without much being in the script. But there are like a few moments where Leonardo DiCaprio, he, he just, he puts his hand on his son's shoulder and that like got me like so emotional. It's getting me emotional right now because like it's, that's just so subtle without, he can't even look his son in the eyes knowing that he's about to lose everything. And he even says like we had, the last thing Leonardo DiCaprio says before they like die is we did have everything, didn't we? Because they're talking about like store-bought apple pie and uh, uh, good coffee yeah. and stuff like that and and that was an improvised line we did have everything didn't yeah. we yeah wow dude it's i mean it's a, it's an incredible thing i would like to think that i would first of all live incredibly reckless i'd be driving 90 miles an hour anytime i got in a car i would yeah. try and get in an airplane learn how to fly an airplane um because my thing would be like well even if i crash in and die immediately i'm gonna die immediately when this shit happens anyways might as well have some fucking fun you're gonna be the guy that was over at like uh where they were doing the uh the bash launch and he's the guy, once they said, oh, fuck it, there's a guy in the back that says, I'm going to go do an eight ball. I'm go do, yes, you're right. I did. That was one of my favorite throwaway lines. But he's so like, funny. I'm going to do an eight ball. Because there's two people prior to him who's just like, I got to go see I my husband. I got to go see my husband. He's like, my daughter's 20. I need to go see her. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to do, do an eight, eight ball. ball. Yeah, do no, I would, tell, I would be on everything I could get my hands on. Yeah. Um, I would be, you know, I would... I would be torn because I know people in my family would want to spend time with like our family as a whole, but I myself would want to be like riding a bull or just like doing something that I'm never going to really get a chance to. You wouldn't be like, uh, do you remember the, the over the top shot as it was panning out? There was like this rooftop bar where everyone was just fucking that. Oh, was that what they were doing? Yeah, dude. If you look on my second watch, I looked closer and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an orgy happening. Everyone there's naked. You see that they're all humping. It's a, over it is a, that might be that might be where i want to spend that might be where i want to go ah, it seems disgusting that might be where i want to go and then you see um, uh, tyler perry and clay uh, kate blanchett at the bar like, okay honestly that's what i'd be doing drinking and talking shit about people with one person yeah I, and it's such a realistic thing Let's tyler perry's freaking fucking out hammered and talk shit about people he's like and, okay oh uh, what do you want to do do you want to do you want to uh do you want to fuck do you want to do you want to do you want to drink or and she's just like honestly i just want to drink and talk shit about people and i'm like that's realistic that's, that's the way i want to go yeah and they them too incredible job at representing uh regis regis um and kelly yes uh also ron perlman going down shooting at the comment you'll never take me alive <laughs> also a great way to go yeah yeah. I Are like how complete? he's yelling at the the kids in the front lawn of the White House. <laughs> just like, come on, you pussies. <laughs> they just go on, but it's like, this is just from a different area. Everyone <laughs> say, then that's an Adam McKay thing. Yeah. Everyone's saying, from oh, a different no, era. he's just from a different area or a different era saying, um, 
I just want to commemorate uh, all the all good the, white folks out good there. Good white folks out there. He's like, you know what I'd like to see? The Indians getting together. Not not the dot heads and the feather wearers, but, uh, you know. <laughs> he said, he said, oh, That would have been what? good if you guys got together. That would have been fun to watch. I think he said the ones that wear turbans and the ones with the bow and arrows. You guys should get together. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And then after that, that's when they say again, he's just from a different like, generation. stop yeah, putting this out there. It's so fucking funny. But I, on my second watch, it was harder to stomach the moment where the first launch they cancel when they cancel the first mm. launch and you see yeah. all of the missiles turning around peter ish ishwal ishwal something like that how do you feel about that character hate him hate him meaning that that actor who is i think an oscar winner as well uh from something else and i know him from ready player one. Ooh, i haven't seen that yet which is i know something that i should watch yeah, i read the book oh okay all right okay cool cool what the fuck no 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 i wasn't trying to be sarcastic i was just that was a real like oh, oh. <laughs> i know that looks sarcastic <laughs> such a fucking <laughs> dick no 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 wow okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> honestly never been no, more offended no, no. i honestly squinted at the wrong time with the wrong voice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll go fucking read oh, the yeah, book oh yeah i bet i'll go read it i bet i'll fucking go read it don't tell me what the fuck to do man uh, no no um yeah no i think he did a really good job of like encapsulating the vagueness weirdness of like the steve jobs with the clearly something's not quite right with the elon musk and like yeah. and then the penis shaped rocket like jeff bezos like he, he did a good job of being the 0.001 percent yeah of america the third richest human in the world is what he was I, I believe it and like just always trying to flex like my, my algorithms calculate that you're gonna die alone uh which was wrong yep which was wrong and also on second or third watch of watching it i kind of felt like he was lying i kind of feel like what we see throughout oh, the algorithms is that he says all this stuff because he's a salesman and none of the stuff is actually but he's able to sell it but how about like okay because he was wrong about going to a planet that was safe he was wrong yes. about all everything he's ever said he was wrong about they couldn't stop the asteroid they couldn't break it apart with his drones they like all the things yes. that he said so that leads me to believe like well why would his computer system be able to predict death uh, i think he's just saying it to like flex but also because he, he's a small person he was able to predict meryl streep's death though did he predict her death? Yeah, he says, remember uh, right before the launch, she's like, uh, you talking about like predicting uh, Dr. Mindy's death got me excited to know about mine, so how do I uh, die? I don't want to know. Actually, I want to know. He was like, you get eaten by like a, a bronchial yeah, raptor said, or whatever the fuck, it. which is the feathered animal in that faraway planet. Uh, that's and she a gets, good point. Her face gets ripped off. So I don't think that his, his algorithms and like how it detects some like human behavior, sure, whatever the fuck, but it's not better than, his technology does not beat science. Which or is what real it comes life, down to. Or just like the people's living. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like in Back to the Future when the paper disappears. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Doc says, your future hasn't been written yet. So he doesn't fucking know. I mean, like, look, Dr. Mindy was able to uh, was able to prove him wrong and died with his loved ones, right? And a couple of people he met just a few months ago. Yeah, fucking Yule. <laughs> Yule is the name of Timothy Chalamet's character. He's like, yeah, it's festive. <laughs> I, I do like and hate his character. Because, like, the lines that I hate the most are the lines that I also love the most. Yeah. Like, when he first comes in, he's like, oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitch. And, like, I was like... Oh, he's just like, uh, yeah, are you familiar with, like, Phantom 4321 game? He's like, uh, that's me on Twitch. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, I love fingerling potatoes. Like, he's, oh, he screams he's it. He's so good I at being... I fingerling potatoes. At being us, at being the millennial. Like, yeah. he is he is pretty good. That's his real hair, by the way. He grew it out during COVID, and he had, like, a... Not a surprise. He's going to chop it off for the movie, but Adam McKay, so I was just like, keep it. I like it. I like you looking like a Neanderthal. <laughs> I also think, like I said, Leonardo DiCaprio looks like he could be a 40-year-old scientist. Yeah. Like, he looks really good really at, fits at this, this part. role. If he didn't become a world-famous actor, mm -hmm. I think he'd be married with a wife and three ugly kids in the middle of uh, the Midwest. No, I think... Uh, it's... I see it. He really looks like the part. I think he'd probably still have, like, a a more extravagant life than that. But I don't know, maybe because he's just a he's just a star-studded dude. This is the worst he's looked in movies though, because he was kind of chunky. He did look big, like yeah. the, you know, the costume doesn't really some justice. But he like fit that. Um, but he it fit the character perfectly. A, an A I L F astronomer. I'd love to fuck. I love the memes and the 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 social media outrage and how he pulled well. Right. I love how when they're first talking about that at the New York 
Harold or whatever, and yeah. he's like, "Can I think this is? I think this is photoshopped." He's like, "I'm, I'm pretty sure this is photoshopped." Yeah, yeah. And then they talk about how much everyone wants to fuck him, and he's like, "I don't know what this has to do with anything. I don't know why this is relevant." And at then all. he gets like hooked to the culture and to the fame that he's having like social media arguments. He's like calling his, uh, uh, he's telling his wife, like, look at this dumbass. He doesn't even know how to use his method. Like he doesn't method. even know what a heliocentric universe is. Yes, and he's calling like me that. an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we were expecting when they first appeared on the Daily Rip for him to not do well because they're saying like, be sure he goes, before he goes out there, make sure he gets media training. Yeah. And uh, it turns out he did well. And then Kate did horribly. Well, and I love the slow buildup of this movie could very easily be a scientist goes on TV and screams to the world, we're all going to die, we're all going to die, and then the movie becomes people living out their last couple of days. Yeah. But they didn't do that right away. They made it a realistic, slow build where he's doing different shows and they have him trying to explain it on Sesame Street and he's ha- they have him trying to you know, make it understandable for the, for the everyday person. Yeah. And then when he finally does get to the point where he loses his mind and he is just screaming at the television, we're all going to fucking die. It's so realistic and perfect Mm -hmm. that any other way to build it up into that point would have come off as, as hack. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's, there's reason as to why this movie is two and a half hours long because with such a big social issue, with a, such a big hypothetical, uh, hypothetical catastrophic event, you have to build up to that climax where, it was his turning point of like, okay, I I fell into this world of fame, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, dude, we're gonna die in a week. How are you guys? How do we even talk to each how other? Are we still arguing said? if there's an asteroid at all? Yeah, like we're not even talking about the things that are important here. We're over here saying that there, there might not even be an asteroid mm-hmm. for us to be worried about. And you know, I hate to say it, but everybody likes to make things politically charged. So. Yeah, and that's what this movie's really pointing out and it's realistic like his character arc is very realistic to me because um he is a doctor that teaches or he's a professor that teaches at what's the university michigan state at michigan state and so he's not getting a lot of clout there already right no well even jonah hill says he's like oh well why don't we have one of our scientists like someone from like an ivy league school yale or harvard or something or something and so (laughs) they have a really good astronomy program he's like sure (laughs) and uh yeah kate is like do you want to fucking see my sat scores um but uh, Dr. Mindy, he's you You understand where he's coming from because when he's talking to Dr. Oglethorpe on the phone and he's explaining who he is, he's saying like, hi, I'm Dr. Mindy, professor at uh, Michigan State. I haven't published anything he's in like, a I while. This, I haven't been there. But even Jennifer Lawrence is like, shut the fuck it's up. It's okay, it's okay. Just- but he's already having these confidence issues. Like for yeah. such an intelligent man, you can tell that there's like a... Uh, a lot of insecurities, which is why Sorry. he like dives deep into uh, the fame. PR because- training. Yeah, because it's everything he's ever wanted and something yeah. he's never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Then he gets the attention of like a really pretty TV personality. And then Dude, Kate Blanchett looked really he good He starts this. wearing really nice suits and gets his hair cut and his beard trimmed yeah. and... You know, uh, even his sons are like, dad looks really good on TV, that right? Pretty handsome. They I did something like, with his beard. I do like when they were going through all of like the memes and stuff at the end. They're like, oh, yeah. And the story didn't track higher than regular weather news or anything like that. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> How did this not get any traction? Nothing, dude. They're, it's, a, it's supposed to be a big deal. But, you know, uh, and it's so funny that they used Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi and oh. this, like, stupid fucking, like, uh, celebrity romance, divorce, we'll or, like, marriage th- thing. Well, hey, I just spent, last week, I spent a full day watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and yes, that is exactly how they pacify the American people. Fucking horrible. So, like, yeah, that's great. If, you, if that's your pastime and you want to, like, watch these, like, interesting, <laughs> this interesting family, right, and reality TV. But... Dude, like if there's uh, an announcement, a public announcement for a catastrophic event, extinction level catastrophic event, that better be the fucking thing that takes the that takes the cake at the end of the day. No, man. Remember that uh, Supreme Court justice posed a nude for oh, an yeah. art show or something like that. Dude, they could even talk. Uh, the the cabinet couldn't talk to Kate and Doctor Mindy because they had. They took the entire day talking about how he was unfit for to be uh, the. But she was bang. Uh, Meryl Streep was banging him. That's why she wanted him. She to be sent there. her cooch to him. <laughs> well, and that's why we don't have Owen president. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! It's a joke, buddy. It's satire. That's it's satire. satire. Uh, I do have to pee again since this seems to be a regular thing now. Go ahead, go pee. Um, but you know, there is there are a lot of very poignant 
finger pointing moments in this movie, but there's also very subtle, low underlying things that happen that come back up uh, that aren't the most in your face things. So like the meme, the the comment on memes, yeah. the comment on like the, the the Patriot News, which was their version of like Fox News, talking about any other story besides the fact that the world was ending. Yeah. Like, and they didn't give direct, you know cues or looks at but you see it in the background and you see these differences and these are really poignant points of this country where i think people are forgetting that you know we are getting pacified by keeping up with the kardashians or with uh you know vaccinated or not or or making things so polarizing when they don't need to be when like we can just take the time to look at what's happening be educated smart adults uh, and and make a decision but it turns into something more than that and then suddenly people don't want to look up anymore people don't want to you know, wear a mask it's or whatever. It's displayed here in this movie. Like, uh, they're, they're all wearing pins and they're all chanting. Uh, it's don't look up versus look up, right? And it's um, it's frustrating. And, like, even at the very end when the, the comic, the comment you could actually see in the sky. Yeah. Right? It's just, like, this weird moment of uh, of Kate seeing it and saying, oh, there, there, there it is. Because a lot of people is, is seeing is believing right you can't see climate change you can't see covid so you kind of can actually you can see the ramifications of both of those things they're very clear yes you could see the ramifications of all that stuff but like um you for let's just let's just talk about the extremists the radicals out there that are just like covid doesn't exist because you don't see the actual virus right some shit like that (laughs) these people are saying these this comet doesn't exist because we're not looking we can't see it in the sky but i don't look up i don't see it and you know what i find most poignant about that point is when she jennifer lawrence and and leonardo DiCaprio see the comet yeah it's not until later that the people who don't look up finally see the comet like it's been within view for a long time to the point where when they finally do look up and see it yeah they're they're fucked he's like what is that they fucking lied yeah. to us. And they started throwing a bunch of glass bottles at Jonah, Jonah Hill. I was like, what the fuck? This is my face, you fucking rednecks. Uh, <laughs> I do like that, you know, the CEO and Meryl Streep leave and they leave Jonah Hill alone in like the command center. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do we do without the president? And he's like, just, I got the feeling of when you're a kid at a grocery store and your mom goes to get one more thing. And then suddenly you're at the checkout teller, yeah. And you're like, I don't, my mom went to I don't go know. get she's coming back pancakes. She's coming back. That's what that's what I felt like he was doing when he's like, oh, she's yeah. gonna be back any minute. Jonah yeah. Hill was nothing about like nothing without her, even to the point where, uh, where Meryl Streep calls up Leonardo DiCaprio later, saying, uh, Peter and I, we have a ship. It seats two thousand people. You and one other person can come. You can bring Bree. You can bring your wife. I don't give a fuck who you bring. Do you want to come? And he was like, nah, you and Jason, you guys uh, have safe travels. Thank you. <laughs> and she's like, Jason. Jeez. Oh, my God, Jason. Forgot her own son, which is wild. And I think a lot of people miss this because I missed this on my first watch. The post-credit scene. The post-post-credit scene. The post-post-credit yes. scene. There's a mid-credit scene and then there's a post-credit scene. The mid-credit scene is when we see them 22,000 years into the future. 22,740 years later, I believe is the exact number. Landing on another Earth-like planet in the Goldilocks zone. Yeah, um, and then P- Peter's like, uh, actually, the uh, the oxygen levels here are 9% higher, so if you feel lightheaded, don't be alarmed. And then immediately they get um, eaten by animals. You see like five of those uh, Circling. feathered reptiles. It's the same animal from Up. That's what it looks like, except not as nice. I imagine it's the same animal from Up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, do you think they survived or do you think they got eaten? Uh, I, th- I think they got all got eaten. I think if they survived, that would be too much. I uh, that would be too much irony because these bad people made it. Yeah. Because the uh, I think the reason as to why Adam McKay said uh, allowed for Jonah Hill to survive at the end was for that irony. The most selfish, materialistic person that didn't believe in the comet. Well, cockroaches don't die in an atomic bomb. Shit, he is a motherfucking. That's what I. That's how I read it as. What I did love about that final nice. post credit scene with the spaceship coming to Earth is, just like everything that Ishuel has done, yeah. it doesn't work perfectly. There's pods that don't launch from the ship. There's pods that do launch, but launch worry and go Horrible, the wrong way. Dude. There's pods that do get down to the earth, but then crash. Mm-hmm. Like only three or four of them actually made it down to the planet. Dude, Jonah Hill was like, so how many of these can we lose? And you see Peter freaking out. And he's like, uh, 
You mean like how many more? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, how do you... Because f- it's not peer-reviewed. It made me so upset when Leonardo DiCaprio was saying, hey, Peter, I don't mean any offense, but is any of this peer-reviewed? I don't want you approaching this like a businessman. And then Peter's like, business Is man, that how you see me as? I'm evolving the human species, man? yeah. That was maybe one of the scariest speeches I've ever seen because he's not looking at him for half of it. Yeah. And then when he does look at him is when he's like, I know exactly how you'll die. Mm-hmm. You have polyps in your asshole. Yeah, and they're not that bad, but you should definitely get you should them definitely checked them out. Definitely go call soon. a doctor. Yeah. And you can see he's so disconnected from human interaction that he's treating these girls during his TED talk horribly. <laughs> the the kids I'm so sorry, I, I'm you, still you. have COVID. It's okay. Um, the Whoa! kids are like, can I say something? And he's like, no. No. And it's just like, I love you, Mr. Isherwal. And he says nothing. And they take the phones away from them after the presentation. They're I, like, I'm afraid the monkey and chicken video might be a little scary. With I the think the methods. chicken is actually quite aggressive. Um, which, you know, like that is so, how many CEOs have that pulling? They're like, you know what? The red color is a little too uh, aggressive for us. Let's switch it to blue. And it's just like. Yeah, they have like statistics on very small, subtle. Unbelievable. Uh, crazy things, man. Uh, best and worst part of this film for you? Uh Worst part of the film, in the best way possible, because it's it's it was meant to happen, was when they canceled the first initial launch that should have worked, right? Mm. Because it, they Leonardo DiCaprio was already saying, like, we've already increased to an 81% success rate. And was that was peer-reviewed. When that happened, I was expecting the rockets to crash into each other, and that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So when they ended up turning around, I was also like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, the guy, the people watching, there was one dude saying, uh, is it turning around? And there was a dude saying... No, it's a course correction. I know. I was in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like the perfect Facebook comments that I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yes, exactly. That, and then, so that was... Um, the best moments for me were like probably the saddest moments, to be honest. It's like, it, I, I think my favorite scene, other than the end that we've already touched upon, was... The car ride with uh, Dr. Mindy, Kate, and Yule in mm-hmm. the backseat. And he starts playing this uh, this song uh, by the Mills Brothers yeah. and talks about like the lyrics. And uh, supposedly that song uh, Leonardo DiCaprio chose for chose himself. Hmm. And the part – and I mean I'm a, I was a, in tears when this was happening because music gets to me. But when he breaks down the lyrics saying uh, that it's about these World War II soldiers that might not come back. And they're talking about how with every gain – that there is a loss, and let's just hope that the only thing we're losing is time. Meaning, there's nothing you do about losing time because time moves, moves, keeps moving forward. Let's hope we're gaining everything else. But to have such beautiful lyrics played when you know that your imminent death is coming, like, was just so powerful to me. That like that makes you think about so. There, there's so much weight to that. Like, with let's hope that the only thing we're losing is time, and like, it's just. Once again, putting myself in those hypothetical shoes of, fuck, dude, what would I do knowing that the world was going to end? What wouldn't you do? I don't know. That's a better question. Be a bad person. I, I know a lot of people will take the opportunity to say, like, what the, what's the point of being a good person when there are no consequences to being sinful, right? That's pretty much exactly where I'm at. <sighs> what, oh, be doing all the bad things that you can? I'm going to be a fucking Billy the Kid outlaw. <laughs> Because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. We can use a crossbow because again, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Um, I think you? I think the one one of my fun, favorite parts, one of the funniest parts, was when he's in bed with Kate Blanchett and she's like, Oh, I've done this, I've slept with this many presidents, I own two Monets. Yeah. And Leonardo Caprio's like, I uh I got my Star Wars poster signed by Mark Hamill. Finally it's up in the garage and uh <laughs> My father was a middle school geologist and my mom cut hair out of the kitchen. And she's like, okay, finally, we got that out of the way. And he's like, oh, every time I ask you about your life, you tell me about your favorite restaurants or places that you've gone. Dude, and it was just like heartbreaking when they go back into his hotel and his wife, June, is sitting there. And he's like, you know, honey, it's uh, just it's just so complicated. And June's like, wow, that was fast. How quick you made your decision. Yeah. And Kate uh, Blanchett. Kate's like, can we just skip this part? Can we just go to the part where it's you. It's boring. Which is really, which his wife has the greatest response of being like, no, of course you want to skip the part that's the worst for you because you've gone through this before. She's like, but for us, we've never done this before. I've Mm -hmm. never experienced this Mm -hmm. moment before. Yeah. It's just a disconnect between the elite and the. Yeah, dude. Even up to the very end, like Kate Blanchett's character is not phased at or or takes uh, Dr. Mindy's 
blow up at the very end wrong. Like she was just like, why'd you have to do that? You know, I really liked you when I despise most people. Yeah. She's like, you, ru- you ruined the optics. You, you ruined it for me. And he was like, he had a bag over his head, which is a funny bit. Which that bit of like, yeah, the FBI doesn't put bags over your head. The CIA does. But I asked him to do that for you. Yeah. It's so funny. And like, uh. Uh, they put, <laughs> do you remember when Jennifer Lawrence and Dr. Oglethorpe were putting this like weird storage area and she was like, what if I have to go pee? And he was like, I'll lay out some newspapers and I'll get some Febreze for you. <laughs> and he, he's like, actually, do you want to come? And she's like, yes. And he just closes the door on her. That's also when, uh, when he's like, here, I brought you some water and some snacks and he throws them. Yeah, I just, and Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, like, you don't have to throw them on the floor. <laughs> Dude. And you know, that stuff is ad-libbed, right? Oh, yeah. Like how do you actually react to those moments? It's fantastic. Dude. I loved it. This movie is great. I do think this movie is going to be a tentpole, um, just like Doctor Strangelove yeah. or just like The Dictator. Like These are movies that are so on the point, spot on, finger pointers at contemporary politics mm-hmm. that I think at the moment people aren't going to appreciate them for what they are. But looking back now, we look at Charlie Chaplin and we think like, oh, The Great Dictator was such a great poignant thing for him to say, like, he's getting right at Hitler. Mm-hmm. And like, Dr. Strangelove is such a perfect moment of like, the commodization of human life in the Cold War. And like, this is such a perfect representation and anecdote of how far up our ass humans have gotten, yeah. where we just don't even realize how good we have it. Uh, because we would rather just not look up and in- keep enjoying what we're doing. People can't stomach the medicine, man. They can't like they they the answer for those that don't like this movie. I want, I I hope that they at least finished it. And before reacting so quickly, like everyone does in this sensitive day and age, I hope that after they watch it, they like really think and they really try to think of the comparisons that this movie is trying to make to our real life issues. Totally, man. And, and I'm not you know, you can't back anyone into a corner and tell someone what to do but you could like hope that with their beliefs that they make a rational decision you know it's uh people are too quick to act i don't ask for anybody to make a rational decision because as we've seen in human history most people don't i just expect everybody to act in what they think is right yeah yes yes but here like mob there's mob mentality there's uh they still think they're right yeah dude uh, it's, it's, it's sad. And I think that this movie was, uh, I mean, the reason as to why Meryl Streep and Leonardo DiCaprio, like heavy hitters in Hollywood agreed to this is because this was, this hopefully could be just as effective, if not more effective of sending a message through like humor, through like good writing, through good acting to really get your point across. It reminds me of a joke, actually. And I think this might be a good way to. To kind of tie this all up, um, up, this man goes to see a doctor, and uh, he's dying of a disease, and the doctor says, well, you know, you don't have much left. You're, you're only going to be living for five more. Mm-hmm. The guy goes, five more what? He goes, four. It's four what? He goes, three, two, one. Damn. <laughs> Damn, dude. <sighs> but then the guy was like, oh, I can't afford to pay for this visit. He's like, okay, well, you'll live for another three months then. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, what do you rate this film? Uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5, dude. I, I give this a solid 5 out of 5 as well. Do you have a best person? It's going to go to Adam McKay. Mom is going to go to Leo, because Leo did rewrite some of the script. Nice. Uh, because he wanted his character to be more so, I'm sure he gave him more lines. Um, But he does a great job like portraying this character of you know, yeah. being so scared and you know just trying to do the right thing, but getting caught up in the pomp and circumstance of the modern era and you know like this movie just hits on so many different points (laughs) (laughs) no i get i get what you're saying a better word but yeah points no i mean that's that's the perfect way to articulate it it's these characters are so before i say the word points (laughs) (laughs) i think these characters are just so Textured. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. Bitch. <laughs> um, no, these characters are complex and textured, which is in a in a film that is funny, especially when you uh, what you might think of Adam McKay before you know his movies. You might think that a comedy movie might have some two dimensional characters, but the way that they're written, they're all flawed with great. In, uh, the the main characters are flawed with great intentions, but even the side characters. Yeah, dude. Have, have flaws and learn their lessons and grow. I mean, the the character arc that we see for Timothy Chalamet is maybe only 
a 20, 30 minute arc. Yeah. But he comes all the way around. You learn to, you learn everything about him. You learn about his past. Mm-hmm. You learn about who he is. Like they, this is, such a, this is a really good movie. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie wins some, some awards, but also I would not be surprised if it wins none. Yeah. I mean, it's nominated. And at the very least, I mean, like it does deserve the nominations for sure. Is Adam McKay, our generation, Stanley Kubrick? Oh shit, that's a crazy comparison. Um, let's see, let's see what else. I mean, with this movie, that's a step in that direction. It definitely is. You know, like with a uh, Clockwork Orange is already like something that is just so fucking pivotal for its for its time, and like yeah. it's still just referred to as one of the best cinematographer uh, cinema masterpieces ever. And also, Eyes Wide Shut is like maybe the creepiest movie I've ever seen in my life with Tom uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh gosh, a lot of weird ritualistic sex. Oh yes, I mean like anything that ritualistic sex is already a fucking crazy uh, phrase. That's... It's honestly the only way I do it. Uh, you should watch Midsommar then. No, 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 no. I'm not into that kind of ritual uh, okay horror <laughs> what'd you call so me creepy. horror no <laughs> all Man, right i love this film you love this film i love this film you love this film and uh i love this film and you love this film and baddies we you hope love you this love this film. this film but for those of you that don't yes you're entitled to your own opinion but give it another let watch. us know yeah tell us why you don't like it send me an email um yeah at, uh christian has asthma at gmail.com that does not exist no icbtb podcast at yahoo.com no like legitimately if you if you want to comment and talk about this movie we're uh we're down to have a dialogue with it because i know that this could this is a divisive film and it's tackling some heavy stuff but shit dude yeah it's one thing to hear the super rich elite hollywood tell us to uh get our shit together um, and it's another thing to like still make a poignant film. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can hate Hollywood for everything that it stands for uh, and still understand that this film has a message. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. Couldn't have said it better. Well, oh, thanks. Well, let's wrap it up, dude. Okay. COVID. Have you guys uh, have you guys heard about our Instagram? It's this new social media website, and we have a couple of pages. One personal page. You have a personal page. Yeah. And then we all have a page for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but to look it up, you just hit the uh, magnifying glass button on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, hit the search bar and just type in call underscore me Jesus if you're yeah. looking for me. Type in Christian has asthma. Um, if you're looking for Christian and type in ICBTB podcast, uh, if you're looking for the show, uh, go ahead and rate us. You can now rate us on Spotify, crazy, uh, rate us on Apple. Yeah. And then just like rate us based on what we're wearing when you see us in person. Um, you know, five stars on that as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, comment on our Instagram comments on YouTube, like subscribe, help out those algorithms because that's what's going to help us out in the long run and we appreciate you baddies and uh and listen to scientists listen to yeah science data. science is real y'all science, science don't care about your fucking feelings bro no dude man it's no, the it's numbers no. and it's uh it's it's uh, facts facts bro yeah facts, facts, can't, bro. Lie. facts, facts can't, can't lie facts can't lie facts can't lie, facts can't lie. Yeah, bad dog.